This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is the Miller Report with Suzanne Miller on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And now, here's Suzanne Miller. Welcome to the Miller Report. As many of you know, the Miller Report is a weekly podcast that talks to power players, chairmans, leaders about real estate, because real estate is the lifeline of the blood of all cities, particularly this one. But no matter what industry you're in, the new buzzword today is artificial intelligence. It's going to affect all of us, medicine, lawyers, judges, architects, real estate, advertising. Our guest today is Diana Lee. Diana Lee is the CEO and co-founder of Constellation. Constellation is a digital marketing company that uses artificial intelligence to serve their clients. Diana founded the company in 2016 and has developed it into a thriving software-as-a-service company with offices around the globe. Around the globe, guys. In fact, in 2021, Ernst & Young named Diana Entrepreneur of the Year as Constellation has been recognized as one of the fastest-growing companies in the world. Now, that is a mouthful. Diana, I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the Miller Report. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So, Diana, this is just so interesting. Everybody talks about this. I've had so many guests on here, and I end every question with, are we going to be replaced by robots? So I was so excited when I talked to the president of um, Shelly's company, which is Autumn Communications, telling her, I want to talk to somebody about digital advertising. And she said, she has the woman. And here you are. So tell us, Diana, exactly what is a software as a service company? What's that about? It's basically a software where we can make iterations of different types of creative in real time based on all the segments of audiences that you have from your CRM. So as you know, you have a lot of customers that actually follow you, have a lot of people that follow you. Each person can be segmented based on different types of messaging that you would do with them. And the messaging can be very personalized. And so what our software does is it launches all the creative that segments all of those different types of CRM types of customers, but we can do it in real time. So artists no longer actually have to make an image anymore. You don't need original photography. You actually don't need artists now drawing or using any type of of platform in order to make an image. It can all be done through generative AI as well as through automation and machines. But how does AI help to market my product? Yeah, and that's a great question. So let's just say that you have a lot of different followers and you wanted to market your product of just reaching out to them. And so you could, with generative AI, I could mimic your face. I could mimic your voice. No. And I could actually have you say exact messages based on whatever I need you to say. That's generative AI. That is 
frightening. Yes. And it's being done now. I mean, if you think about it, when we are looking at how we actually can roll this out from an advertising perspective, everybody that's in a CRM system that basically has a salesperson, right? Whether you want to buy a car, you want to buy a house, or you want to buy merchandise, usually your salesperson will reach out to you, right? you got a broker that basically reaches out and says, hey, I got this new house. I want you to actually come see it. That person no longer actually has to even say those messages. I can have that video made with the exact like image of the person with their voice and actually communicated digitally and they were never actually involved. So you're stealing identities. Not stealing identities. <laughs> I'm kidding, but... But what we can do, and this is what does scare me a little bit about generative AI, right? But if we did it through the regulatory spaces, then you would actually have somebody that would sign off that it was okay to have, you know, 15 different variations of the message and okay that, right, compliantly. And we could say, okay, well, these are the 15 types of messages that we can actually have. All I need is one video of you talking. And from there, the machine can actually iterate the versions of those 15 messages. Now, that's how anybody can use in advertising. But this is where it gets scary, where you have people that want to use this uh, for fraud and for stealing identities. That's correct. I was going to ask you that about the government agencies. So if I want to launch, let's say, a new drug and I'm using AI what, or, or a new stock, and how does the SEC or the FDA, how, where are the where the restrictions on that? I could just advertise anything? Where's the government agency stopping this? Yeah. So in the regulated spaces where we represent auto and pharma and um, banking, there's so many regulations that these types of things can't necessarily happen. Um, but what we do in the generative AI side, background images are almost perfect right now. So backgrounds of any type of imagery can now be generated without original photography. So that is not regulated, right? But if you're going to put a house or a car with a price on there, now that's when regulatory actually comes in and says, you cannot bait and switch a customer. If you're going to advertise something at the price with the image and with the right disclosures and messaging, that's when regulatory gets involved and basically says there cannot be any messaging of anything that's what's called a bait and switch types of situation. Does that go for new drugs too? So for drugs, it's even more uh, regulated by every single image, video, text, um, headline uh, disclosures all have to go through a compliance system and where compliance teams have to actually approve everything and every variation before it actually goes out. And then it gets submitted to Form 2253, and then it gets submitted to the FDA. So that's how the, the pharma industry actually uh, operates. But people want to save time, save money, and they want to be able to do variations of personalization. Personalization is very important to have people convert. So meaning, if you're a woman and you love dresses, I will not serve you an ad of neckties because the chances <laughs> that you're going to actually convert on that would be slim, right? So we're not talking like a billboard. A billboard would be very broad advertising. You don't know if the messaging is going to work on a billboard because you're just hitting massive audiences, but it's not personalized. Personalized advertising is what we really believe in because when people say that Apple has restricted or 
has put out safety guidelines on tracking. My frustration is that the messaging is not accurate. The message is that you're going to get advertising whether you ask for it or not. They're not asking you whether you want to be tracked. They're asking you whether you want the advertising to be really personalized or not. Because you're getting advertising any which way. And if I'm a consumer, I'd rather be personalized advertising where it's going to be stuff that I want to see versus stuff that there's no intention that I would actually personalize and buy. So that's really the difference out there. Personal advertising does work and I believe in it. But with AI, there's a lot of scary things that can actually happen. I think it's with everything with AI. But so when you're talking to a business leader, what like misconceptions do they have when you're trying to tell them this? I mean, I think that when I talk to business leaders out there, the biggest topics right now is how can I save money by using generative AI? And you can. So think about all of the different things that we're doing right now where, and I'll bring up real estate because obviously this would be very relevant. When you're going and you're recording the house and you're taking photography of every single room and you're taking videos, in the future, all of that can be generated through machines. It doesn't have to be through any type of original photography in the future. It gets smarter as it actually understands all the guidelines, the data, and the rules. And now, in the future, it could save you the money that you would spend on hiring a photographer to go to the site to even take that photography. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm glad you brought up real estate because obviously this is a real estate show, so I wanted to just segue (laughs) into it. But speaking of real estate, which is the biggest purchase you'll ever get in your lifetime, so how could AI fill like these empty stores? Are they going to match what the demand is for the tenants or offices? Do you think AI is going to be utilized to fill the tenants with the landlords in these offices and retail spaces? I think that what AI can do for the real estate industry is the monies that are going in in order to represent the individual homes and real estate, like properties, even commercial real estate, it's a lot of work, right? There's a lot of grunt work involved for a real estate broker. They have to take the photography, they have to take the videos, they have to take the messaging, then they've got to actually download it, and then they're going to actually do all the editing behind it, then they've got to upload it to all the different platforms, whether it be social media and other platforms out there. That entire process does not necessarily be need to be done through original photography anymore. AI can do a lot of the imaging on its own once it identifies the different types of rules that you want it to follow. And then from there, you can automate the process of it actually going live on all of these places. So you're saying brokers are going to be replaced? <laughs> I mean, I think that if, um, and I see it right now with salespeople, the CRM systems that they're actually recording a lot of the information in, what we notice is that people react better when it's your broker sending you. Or human. 
yeah, a digital file of themselves talking to you, right? And so because we are human, we want to speak to our broker and we want to have that one-to-one relationship. But what's difficult about the broker is that they may have too many clients out there. And overall, it might be very hard for that broker to manage all those types of clients. So what we can do is segment the audience with that broker with five or six different types of messages that they want to give. It's amazing. So you're really using it as a tool. The good news is you're saying it's a tool and it's not a replacement. And I mean, I don't think that at this point, I would say that it would replace brokers overall. But I would say that as a tool, the messaging and the communications that you have doesn't have to be all the grunt work by the individual broker. It's funny. I want to tell my audience a funny story. So we hired a new agent at Empire and we asked her to take a listing and to write about it. Yes. So she was a new hire and she wrote this fantastic ad. And I noticed, I had a feeling that maybe she went on Chatbox. Uh So I asked her to edit it and she couldn't edit it. She could not. Every other word was misspelled. So when she used Chatbox, it was perfect. And then she redid it. So yes, to your point, they are... It's a tool, but you still have to have a brain, I think. Oh, absolutely. You you have to have the brains to actually read it, edit it, and you will make changes to it. Um, and that's where humans and problem solving really come in. Let's talk about the bigger issue regarding artificial intelligence. This is the part that really concerns me. And I'm especially interested in your take, Diana, on this because I know you're a woman-owned company. Yes. And I know how much pride you take in diversity. Yes. So most of AI is given is been done by engineers, right? It's it's they're done by engineers. And statistically, engineers are men. Yes. Statistically, men don't really have a liberal arts background. Yes. So how are we going to get these men who are who are designing these programs to have empathy, to have compassion? How are we going to replace robots with these men that are designing artificial intelligence. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's some, a very good question. Overall, I'm not really sure if that's ever going to really happen through artificial intelligence. I think that there's a lot of things that I question when I see more and more. I'm blown away by how easy things will become through artificial inte- intelligence. But at the same time, I don't see it as a complete replacement of feelings and empathy and caring and all of that. I just don't see any of that at this point. So I recently had a client who sold his company to Google. Yes. And he was here for a seminar from Israel. Yes. And he was telling me that he had to, he was watching three robots. Well, two were robots, one was human. Yes. And he himself could not tell the difference between the human and the two robots. The only difference was the robots were smarter. And I'm not kidding. This is (laughs) insane. So how are we going to get empathy? And are we going to, are they going to eventually have these robots be compassionate? And how do you see this? I mean, I think some of the things that I'm seeing right now is through predictive modeling, we were able to actually go to each individual type of profile that you would have in your CRM, and we could predict by the percentage of conversion that you have by each human, whether they're going to buy something or not. No. Yes, we do that now. So that's all being done now. Wait, back up. Tell us how that works. (laughs) So... 
we could basically identify uh, a customer and we could basically say that currently you're doing two emails and you're showing like three times uh, different homes. But what our recommendations would be that you would up the communication to five emails and then show 15 homes and you have a 78% probability that you will convert that customer. That's being done now. And then it will also say the reasons why that prediction is being made. Those models are being made and the predictions are being made. And it might be because of the fact that you started looking for the house uh, two months ago and you're a pretty easy decision maker. We already know that. And therefore, we know that you have a, a good shot of actually converting from that information. Now we can also say what type of messaging that you would actually also convert on what type of messaging, what type of images we need to show you, and what kind of uh, format that you like to see it in. You like to see it in social. I, I am blown away. <laughs> Diane, I'm blown away. Like, what happens if the program rewrites its own code against the intentions of the creator? Have you thought about that? I mean, we haven't really thought about it because it's still probably really a ways away. But when I saw the fact that now that we could take uh, a human and mimic voices and mimic faces and you know it can go live on a video so the broker doesn't have to be the broker anymore it could be the robot that looks like the broker uh, all i need is one live tape of the broker and now the voice of the broker is can be used in order to sell anything uh, do they does the broker do you need permission from the broker to do that of course so i mean obviously in the regulated spaces that's what i'm saying is that if you are a uh, company that has a lot of integrity then you're going to segment all of that and have a compliance plan in place where you're only allowed to have the robot say these five different types of messages segment that me those messages to these five types of customers and then basically be able to have that information communicated out on social or digital or or email but that would be all pre-done before uh you could just go live but what i'm scared of is if you're not a company of integrity then you could basically mimic people now in the future this is like a brave new world. I've, I've read that book. So <laughs> tell us, Diana, what companies are you doing this with now? What type of companies? Who are some of your clients? You don't have to give us the names, but what industries? Yeah, so we are in the automotive industry. We're in the pharma industry. We're in banking. We're in direct-to-consumer sales. We're in the travel industry. Um, and it's rolling out fast, you know? It used to be that when we talked about AI, you know, six months ago, nobody was listening. And then I just remember one day I wake up and the entire world is just talking about ChatGBT, AI, predictive modeling, machine learning. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of companies that have been doing this for very long either, right? So we started back in 2021 where we could learn more, predict more. Machine automation was taking more and more place of being able to do things more efficiently, cheaper, cost-effectively getting on the websites and all channels automated-wise. And then there was more and more where customers were coming to us and saying, hey, what we notice is that customers, our customers, really like it better if it's digitally uh, shown through uh, video 
of the salespeople because they already know them. And so this is where the transformation is all coming. It's pretty much customer-led if you really think about it. How did you get into this? So exactly what we were talking about, I had artists that I'd hired back in 2016, and they said, I did not go to Pratt and Parsons and the best art schools of the world in order to do banner advertising all day, Diana. I quit. That's what happened, you know, because you were making all of these iterations of display assets and website assets and email assets, right? But think about it from an artist's perspective. They went to some of these incredible art schools to be innovative and create original content. And here we are asking them to make banner ads and assets that are creative assets that go live for one month and then it comes back down and then it has to go back up. Think about all of the assets that you need that you're making for the real estate industry. There's 100,000 of them like just launching all the time and somebody actually has to edit all of that, right? And so I had artists that said, I am not doing that. That is monkey work. And so overall, I never had the intentions of inventing an automated platform. It was because humans didn't want to do the job. Oh my God, I love that. So what kind of staff do you have now? You have coders and you have... We do, but we have development teams and I still have a creative team. But what I'm honest with them is the work that we do is templatization because before machine learning and before generative AI, it had to be pre-templated in order to have images go on. So you still didn't need the artists to actually make the image, but automation could take that over, but we still needed them to actually make the templates. And they didn't actually even have to be true artists in order to make those templates. And then that evolved into now where generative AI can actually make the images And you can't make every image right now, but you can get background images of snow, of rain, of mountains. Because here's the thing, I would say most people want to see exterior shots that they can relate to. They don't want to see shots of like uh, uh, Asia. They want to see shots of wherever they live. And so if you could make the shots feel like it's closer to home for the consumer, they react very well. So you say you have offices all over the globe. Which offices are the fastest growing where it comes to AI or does it not matter where you are? I don't, I mean, I think that one of the interesting things that I ended up doing last year was because as you guys know, it was really, really hard at the labor markets last year, if you guys remember. Yeah, we remember. Yeah, I mean, it was like every third day somebody's quitting because they got a better offer and they want to work one day a week from home in their pajamas yeah I got it (laughs) and they can make like $80,000 more if they actually move (laughs) to the next organization right there was a lot of that going on just in the last a couple years so uh, last year what I did was I ended up setting up an office in Dubai because we realized that some of the best data scientists are coming from um, you know Pakistan India um, in the Middle East. I mean, that's where the schooling is really some of the is best Is everybody areas. listening to this? <laughs> is everybody listening to this? Artificial intelligence, number one, number one in the world. She's a woman. And your office is in Dubai? I have an office in Dubai. And I, obviously, my biggest office is in New York City and financial district. But I have an office in Dubai. And the reason that I had the office in Dubai is because it was one of the easiest ways to set up a visa as a company owner and 
wow. have people actually work for you. If I was trying to set it up in India, it would have taken me a lot longer. In Dubai, two weeks. Two weeks and you can basically start printing visas and bringing people there and housing them there. And it's tax-free in Dubai. So it's very easy to recruit and then bring them to Dubai and then have them work out of Dubai. And then Canada is because if people are doing very well and you can't actually bring them into the U.S., the Canadian hub is a great place for them to actually be in the same time zone as New York. Well, I'm just fascinated. I am just so fascinated. I want to hire you. I want to talk. I need you for Empire. So, Diana, we're definitely in a brave new world here, and we need you to guide us. We need people like you to guide us navigating this. Everybody's afraid of it. Everybody's talking about it. It really is the biggest issue. It really is. I mean, it is. It's the biggest issue right now in the world. It absolutely is. How do you see the next two years? I mean, are we really going to be a replace? What do you really see? The scariest part that I would see is think about all the spam types of emails and messaging that's already out there. I mean, I get hit up like 10 times a day where my phone's ringing or my text is going off or I get emails. Do you need cash? You need cash or whatever it may be, right? Like there's always somebody and sometimes it's even written in different languages, right? Because they think I'm Chinese, I'm, I'm Korean. Um, but like I, you see it all the time right now where people are spamming. And I remember I had hired an employee a couple years ago and I still remember this. And this one employee happened to be uh, a little bit older on their first day. They ended up buying $1,500 worth of Google certificates. And I was like, what happened? And they said, I got an email and I thought it was you. Yes. And I said, it was not me. Did you look at the email? Look at the name of the email. Look at the name of the email. And then obviously they realized, oh my gosh, it wasn't you. And the sad thing is, think about that. That's happening all the time, right? And people are doing that to company owners and cybersecurity. Oh yeah. I mean, I would say that there are companies right now that go on LinkedIn they are able to go to a lot of the different employees and they're asking for social security numbers and information um, and trying to dig information, impersonating other companies. Well, excuse now. me, but in, in my company, in real in, in, at Empire State Properties, we caught somebody applying for an apartment. Yes. We thought, it, and their credit checked out perfect. Yes. It looked amazing. And then, because I have a very shrewd general manager, yes. he went on LinkedIn and realized it was the person stole somebody else's identity. Yes. It was not that person applying for the apartment. And thank God we saved the real person. Wow. So, yes, this is exactly what you're talking about. How are we going to stop this? Yeah. And now with AI, we can impersonate the person, right? Oh <laughs> Think about that. Now we have the image of the person. We have their voice. And we can actually videotape them and then be able to change all of that in the future and be able to impersonate people. So this is where it gets scared, scary to me is because, uh, and I also ner- I'm very nervous about the fact that a lot of these, th- these crimes are happening to the elderly community. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine? No, they can't even get on that computer. I know. They're just going to get a phone call and it sound like them. It'll be a computer. Or it sounds like their child or it sounds like, oh. can you imagine? Like, but that's, that's it. Like, that's what I'm nervous about is that if these bad people that are out there impersonating other people, 
once they actually create these types of models and then they realize through social media how you guys are all connected to each other, because I know that even on social, people have come up to me impersonating and catfishing other people. Now they could do it in video. So Diana, everybody's listening to this and we're all overloaded and some of us understand some, some not, but tell us in simple terms, a specific example of what you mean, how this could be done. Yeah. So think about a a consumer that basically goes to a service department to service their vehicle and drop off their vehicle. So from a service department perspective, that service advisor probably has met a hundred people that week to actually bring the car in. And then he has to message each individual person throughout the day and say, your car is going to be ready at 3.52. It needs also a um, a new tire on the right-hand side. And I am suggesting that you also replace the battery in addition to the work that you actually came in for. Right. right? And that's all being done manually where each service advisor needs to actually contact all of those individual people. Now, if they don't actually have to do the work of contacting those people, the computer-generated image and voice can contact every single client and be able to do segmented messaging. Or they could pretend they're somebody and exactly. they could steal their cars. Or they can do that Or too. take their yeah. identity. Exactly. Oh, this is, this is outrageous. So you could think of it as it's cost-efficient time saving for the advisor because they no longer have to make a hundred phone calls. And now actually the digital image will be able to do a lot of it itself. And maybe it can't do all of it because each individual needs different things. But let's say it's just to let you know that the car needs to get picked up at 352. That could all be done through imagery that basically videoed back down to the customer that looks like the advisor that says, come, Mr. Jones, pick up your vehicle at 352. We'll be ready. And it wasn't the advisor actually making that call. So I I was living in a two-bedroom apartment on the Upper East Side. And recently, like today, I look at my phone and there's this message. I don't know this person. And every day I'm getting messages. Hey, Suzanne, I know you're looking for a two-bedroom in this location. What about this one? And um, there's no phone number. And it's very strange. And I'm sensing that this is a computer. What do you think? Absolutely. I think these are things that are all happening now has been happening in the past where they already know who you are, what you've been looking at, knows your preferences, has checked you out on LinkedIn and social media and has now been messaging you through text in those um, areas. Right. But now we're going to gamify this even more. Right. Now, if we also have images of people that, you know, that could be a friend, a family member, that message that you're seeing on text could be coming from your best friend. That's a computer-generated image of them. Unbelievable. Well, guys, this is exhilarating, exciting, and scary. And I am fascinated by what you do, how you've done this. You're a woman. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're on the cutting edge of artificial intelligence. And thank you so much for coming on The Miller Report. And I want to go out and hang out with you. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Dear listeners, thank you for coming on my podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please download, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much. Bye.